Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is Mastering the Job Search Process. And my guest is Abby Martin. We'll be talking about self-help, communication. We'll be talking about how the hiring manager and the recruiter go about their job search. When someone is looking for a job, they have a blind spot for how it works because they are fearful of rejection or not having a job. Abby Martin helps the job seekers be more strategic and confident in how they approach their job search. And who is Abby Martin? Well, she has been in the recruiting industry since 1996. She has placed thousands of candidates and become sought after as a coach to help candidates and hiring managers alike during the hiring process. Her expertise is vast as she has worked in lockstep with private equity and CEOs in a variety of industries, including government contracting, software, energy, CPG. Abby, what's CPG? Consumer packaged goods. Okay, thank you. And many more through years serving clients through recruiting firms. That's great. So you work with the firms too. Yeah, I've done both. She has helped hire all levels from the mailroom to the CEO. You actually hired CEOs? Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. (laughs) Giving her a unique perspective. Her degree in industrial slash organizational psychology partnered with more than 25 years of expertise puts her in the position to offer you extremely valuable guidance on how to best navigate your career search or hiring process. That's a very valuable, not just a skill set, certainly, but what you offer to a person. As I said, when I first met you, this is a constantly relevant uh, situation. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Tony. My pleasure. And as I said to you earlier, I've had all sorts of guests uh, in business and in um, personal development. You are the first one uh, in the hiring field that I've had. Uh, so that's uh, I love a precedent. It. And I, I, <laughs> my pleasure. And I'm check, hire, hiring coach, check. Okay, as of today. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. So my first question. Okay. Uh, where do things go wrong in the interview process? So it's. So I would answer that from two different perspectives. The first is the hiring manager, and that is usually they haven't defined the role very well, right? Like they they go in and they start it off wrong. From the job seeker perspective, um, I'm very keen on you have to be really clear on your, you know, your your absolutes. So that way you can weed things out. When you are desperate and you're needing a job, it's really funny what you will let come through the come through the search and be like, even though you would hate that job, you go for it anyway, because you just need a job. Okay, and so then you're, that saying, sets... you're saying they compromise and by having an absolute, it's like saying so, that's something I won't do or, or yeah. give up. Okay. You need to know, you need to really be very clear where you're most successful at and really focus on those things. Because what happens is every job seeker goes crazy. They have to have everything in their resume, everything ever listed, and they can do everything. And that's when I know that this is not a person who's very clear on what they want and they're gonna have a hard time in their job search because they literally could give me everything. You know what I mean? Like they're, They're like, whatever it is, I just need it. And when you do that, people see right through that and they're like, well, then you're probably not the right person for this job because I need you to be passionate about this job, you know, or this company. And when you're all over the map, you, you, you really, yeah. The great mistake that most people have is they want to please everyone. Exactly. And it's better to just say, no, have a checklist beforehand. Here's my three non-negotiables 
right? Like if the company is under 5 million, not doing it. You know, if they, what, whatever the case may be, like you have your three non-negotiables and you have to stick to those. Otherwise you're taking something and then you're looking again in a year. Okay, let, let's address that. Let's say you have the example, you have a 5, mil, five million revenue annual uh, company, right? So right. say that you're looking at a company. So whether it's, it makes it into your, your net search or or you're actually in the interview and and they don't have the five mil, say they've got four or whatever. Right. So, but you liked, but everything else checks off. Should you compromise then? I think I would, I, I, I'm always a queen of the caveats. I'm like, well, <laughs> I would say if all of your other ones are met, right? And if there, if you can, if you come to me and I have clients who, you know, it's like we negotiate it, right? Is this really the right fit? Um, and if you're just off a little bit, I think you can do that because you meet everything else. So you don't need to be you, you know, be but what, what I see, to be honest, is people will come and they will throw everything off their list for the first offer that comes through. That's it what seems, I'm talking about. It yeah. seems to me is that you want to always be flexible, but you don't want to be desperate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. At the interviewer can tell it, yeah. you know, and it, then it comes back and it shows in your offer there. Cause that we're, you know, the recruiters were like, listen, they're actually really desperate. They really need a job. You could probably go 10 K less. It, it happens more often than you would think. Yeah, I, I I bet I bet. And um, now, what about from the uh, the hiring manager's perspective? Yeah. So um, the hiring wait, wait, manager. Did you, did you want to say any more about get you know the person? No, I mean for that question, I think like okay. that's where I see it go wrong for most people. It's right. like I'm I I I just had a client just send me um, their updated resume, and they I mean it's like it's the kitchen sink, right? Like it's everything, and I'm like we you need to remember when the when whoever it is, if it's a recruiter or if it's a hiring manager, they need to see what's on their job description, what they know they need. They just need to see so, that. So should you tailor your resume for different submissions? Different yes. Fields? Okay. I, 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 I hate to say that because I feel like it makes everybody go, oh. <laughs> but what I do when I create your resume, I will leave, we do some bullet points. And I'm like, those are like, leave the core pieces in there over what you did, over, you know, what your accomplishments were, but then you want to leave some space. You lo you're looking at the job description from the hiring manager and you are going, okay, how, you know, where, what do I have that's not listed in my resume that's in here? Use some of the same words, use some of the same context. So you can put those in there because that's most of the time in this day and age now you're dealing with the recruiter first and the recruiters I would say I'm, I'm making up the numbers here but I'm, I'm thinking it's probably at least 90 percent are not experts in that field there's some where there are right right so right. We, we all are you know we know a lot about or a little about a lot and so we're going off the job description right. and if your resume says what my job description says I'm calling you, right? Whereas if you're just submitting the same one and you're hoping that I can read through the lines, a lot of these recruiters are coming right out of college. They don't know the industry. They don't know the workforce yet. So when you get- The recruiters seasoned, are coming out of college. They went yes. to school for it and, that, and that's- different. They don't even, unless something has changed, most of us, because I've recruited a lot of recruiters, we've all fallen into recruiting. Like <laughs> nobody goes to college going, I'm going to be a recruiter. So- <laughs> we you fall into it you're like well I, I like sales I like talking to people and I like helping and then you're like oh like this is great I think the same thing about real estate usually people it's like oh I think I could do that let me try but the point going back to it is if you are you, you know this this recruiter who's right out of school reading off of a script you need your your resume to to trigger something for them to go, oh, this could be a good fit for this, this requisition, this job that I'm working on. Now, I just had this conversation just the other day with my girlfriend. She said that when right out of college, she had no experience. So when she made her resume, she made all this stuff up. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what do you got to say about that? 
Um, I wouldn't do it. I would, yeah, and that um, sounds, I mean, this sounds unethical. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, right off the bat. and I, I get it. I, I guess it would depend on what a person made up, like, but, but honestly, it just always comes back to bite you. I was hiring for one client, a lot of low level salespeople, right? Like, this is not like, this is not, it wasn't rocket science. And I would say to them, they're going to do an education verification. If you don't have a degree, they'll still hire you please take it off your resume if it's if it's you know it's if, if it's not going to come back clear and every one of them every one of them oh no i've got my degree and every one of them would get busted and we'd be, i'd be like you would have still got the job so, wait, so they, they, they lied on the resume and they lied to you as well yeah and so when you get <laughs> you're supposed to that, be on their side did they forget that <laughs> they just that you know because most people don't do an employment verification so they're like uh, you know i'll get away with it and then me as the recruiter i'm on their side being like you know you could resubmit a different resume to me and nobody would know and then they don't want to do it for whatever reason so i think most people who make up stuff if you get caught um, you know, you're going to get fired. You're going to, it's not worth it in my opinion. Right. Um, I mean, you're telling the person once you get caught that you are dishonest, who yeah. wants a dishonest person working at their company? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Is> yeah. <this? laughs> yeah. And, and so you need to be honest about what, you know, goes back to the first question. What can you really do? Where are you best suited? Right. You got to be really clear on that, you, you know? You know, I, I'm a committed personal developer. I mean, besides, you know, I was a life coach and blah, 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 practitioner of NLP, whatever. Okay. Uh, but going back all the way to the nine, 30 years ago, I, that's when I really got into self-help, personal development, and started committing to it. And I realized, well, actually learn would be more precise, that what I need to become is very valuable or potentially valuable or seemingly valuable to a prospective hire. Never mind what my claims are of experience or education. That's great and probably even necessary to whatever degree. Yeah. But I, in my from my perspective, if I could convince an employer that it that I they would I'm very valuable and I would benefit the company and I wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, then they'll good chance they'll hire me. Do you, yeah. What do you think about that philosophy? Yeah, that's the, the way that I describe it and the way that I train hiring managers to interview is I'll say past behavior is a good predictor of future behavior. Yeah. So find out, ask them questions that go four deep into why, like there's some of their success. So whatever you're listing as accomplishments, I want to know how you got there. What was your decision-making process when you did that? That's when the hiring manager lights start going off and they're like, this person gets it. We work well together and they've done it before, you know? So in the, if, if you go into the interview and you're like, oh, I could do that. I'm sure I could. <laughs> which people do, you know, you want to be able to have stories as to how you've already done that or how you know that in theory because of this sort of example. Because if they feel very good about that you have that expertise and you've been through that sort of situation and they can feel, because um, I talk about it from the intuitive sense, you want the hiring manager to just feel like they can trust you. That comes from that you, you can speak to some of these things with authority, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Great stuff. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll come right back with Abby Martin. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. Ever heard of accelerated learning techniques? What if you learned more deeply than ever before? What if you remembered what you learned far better than ever before? Visit www.proficio.io, that's proficio.io, where you can understand perhaps better than ever before. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroso. We're having a very valuable conversation with Abby Martin about the hiring process, the ins and outs, both sides. Let me ask you a question, Abby. You ever, you ever come across the supremely confident person who perhaps has an impoverished background that says or proposes to a prospective employee i'll work free for a month <laughs> and if you don't like me you ever get that yeah oh yes 
um, a lot, particularly when I was working at a software company. Um, but even that's not even true. I get it a lot um, in, in a recruiting firm. People call and it's that desperation piece. I'll yeah. do anything. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And of course, your your heart bleeds and you're like, what can I get them? And then the hiring manager is like, you, you know, like I said, they want to feel good. So not it's, like it's not. It doesn't even come ac across as supreme confidence. It just comes across as desperate. They just that's what it they does. say. Most of the time, I think there's a way you could do it. Of like, I'm so confident, but I'm not. You, you know, there's a way. If you could but pull it off. If you, if you, you know, can pull it saying, off. Like I'm not saying it's never happened. Have an awareness of psychology. Yeah. You, know, you, you can read a person well. Right. Yeah. Not, but not. Yeah. And yeah. if they just come in and they're like, Hey, listen. I could really use a shot. Like, I know I have a lot to offer. That's different than how you're saying it, which is how it comes across. I mean, I've had people begging me, calling me, sending me pictures of their families. Like, it's hard <laughs> when they're, you know, and, and that, and I get that. Like, I know that you're, you're, you're motivated and you need the job, but this is the best advice that I ever got when I was my very first job. And I went to my VP and I was like, I really need a raise. I'm moving out of my, my mom's house. I'm getting a new car. And she looked at me and she was like, I need to tell you this. And I don't want to hurt your feelings. She said, but your life is not my business. What you need to do is turn around and come back in here and tell me the value that you will present to me in this company. And then I can give you a raise based off of your merit. So I, that stuck with me forever. Like I still get chills when she said that, cause I, you know, most people aren't that direct. And I would tell, I've told that story to so many candidates, like, please don't do this to people. Like that's not going to get you the job. You no, have to show your merit. That's abundantly obvious as echoed by what I said 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and it also seems to me that in today's climate, whether it be social, political, environmental, whatever, I want to frame it, that's getting lost more and more. People are, are, are wanting to shift focus or put a person's attention on something other than their merit and value. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? And how's it, <laughs> how's it working out in the hiring field and the employment relationship? You know, if I'm, if I, if I look back, I'm like, there are definitely scenarios where I see a person has made a connection and I, I can look at it and I'm like, I don't like, this is not going to work. You, you know what I mean? Like they don't have the experience. They don't have the right skill set, all of these other things, but they made a connection with the hiring manager and nine times out of 10, I'm replacing that person in three months. So when you, when you lose sight of that, if it's not the right fit, it doesn't, it doesn't tend to work. I, I mean, and so I got, and this is not normal in the recruiting world, but my firm offered a guarantee, right? So I was very cognizant of that guarantee because if I had to find you another person, that's money out of my pocket. So I wanted it to be a fit the first time. So I would really push on the hiring managers and being like, I think you're getting sucked in by a good story here or a really good interview. You know, like I really think like, let's take it back. Here's what you told me you needed. They can't do these six things. You know, like, are they really a good fit? And sometimes it would work and sometimes not. And then I would have to end up replacing them. Um, if Can you briefly or however you'd like, tell me how the experience differed in, in, a, in a basic way from working for uh, a company as a hiring manager, as opposed to a recruiting company that hires people for companies. Yeah, it's 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 um two different worlds and two different styles. So when you are working with an agency recruiter, they are they are incentivized by how many placements that they get. So every time they get a placement, they're getting some sort of compensation, usually a percentage. If it's in consulting, they're getting like a percentage of every amount, every dollar you you bill, they get a cut of that. In the corporate world, you are more, you're not really you, you you're not really getting as much of an incentive. It's you've got a, a higher base, and it's not as much pressure. So right, so are, one one is commissions, and yes. the other one is salary. Yep. And so the one the one that's salaried, they tend to be a little bit more 
is it the right fit? Is it, it's a slower process, you know, whereas on the recruiting world and the agency world, it's like, let's go. You're going to, yeah. they create a lot of urgency, that type of thing. Right. And, and, and if they, if they, if they hire a, a poor person, that's, they, they're going to lose face. That, yeah. That's where they, that's where they have to work with. They're like, oh yeah, who are you going to hire now, Abby? Frankenstein's yeah. monster, you know, yeah. and uh <laughs> So yeah, it's got to be a very different um, situation. Yeah, it is, and it's they're both they're both fun. You know, like I I, I thought, who would have ever thought I would like recruiting? That's not um, I don't know why I loved it, other than it felt really good. Like when I would see people at my, at the companies, you know, and they'd be like so grateful, you, you know. So that was it was such a good feeling. But when it went wrong. <laughs> And you knew, you knew that you, you know, so I just learned early, like, as soon as I was like, I started seeing warning signs, I learned to speak up and that's not easy to do. And it's harder to do on the agency side because, you know, everybody around you is like, just get it filled, just get it filled. We'll deal with the consequences later. Um, but it's not worth it. In my opinion. Which did you prefer? Which side or which situation? <sighs> That's such a hard question because I love both. Um, what I like about working for one company is I really got to know, like, you know, talking about the depth factor and I could really start to see the personalities and know what different hiring managers need. Whereas on the agency side, you are learning different companies constantly, different hiring managers. You don't have as much time to go deep, um, but the commission checks on the agency side they're pretty nice. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like I've liked both. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question now. You know, my, my company, we're, we're launching an app. It's going to revolutionary a revolutionary app. We claim that's going to transform self-help usher in a successful revolution. That. It really yeah. is. You know, we, the only reason why we haven't launched yet is we, we've been undercapitalized. We've been at it for years, but it's going to be launching imminently in the next couple of months. Anyway, nice. that all said, so I'm, I'm the head of the company. Uh, and uh, I, I'm planning my company. I'm staff, you know, how it's going to staff out its hierarchical structure uh, and, and the companies, you know, when I become the CEO right now, you know, if anyone who calls themselves a CEO and doesn't have a, a bunch of employees, uh, yeah. you know, uh, okay. All right, chief. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. Talking about in the future. Right. You know, um, I, 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 well, first of all, I'm going to, the way I'm going to do my company, I'm going to hire people much smarter and much more able than me to run yeah. the company, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm going to be the head of culture. That's yeah. going to be my job. That's what okay. I see this culture. So I have all these, you know, I have my idea of the culture, you know, I describe it. So that will be part of when, when, when we hire out, that'll be part of what I ask my hiring manager to look for. And, and there'll be other if nuances and details, how much criteria for a prospect is too much uh, or too intrusive or unethical or illegal. Sure. Okay. Um, so the, here's what I do. So you might want to look up, um, there's, a, there's a system called EOS, Entrepreneur Operating Systems. I might have butchered that, um, but they have, it's a system for, you know, fleshing out your company and, and it's usually for founders. Um, I, like when you talked about what your role would be, um, that's a really great system to help you set up who works where. Because what I saw, because I worked with a lot of smaller companies and Usually when you're starting, you will hire anybody, you know, like your cousin, your friends, whatever. And then as soon as you start to have some success, you're like, oh, crap, I need people who can actually do the job. Right. Now, you need to be very clear if you're like the founder visionary or because then they have what they call the the operator or the person who's actually getting everything done right. and like setting up those things to be very specific roles yep. um, because most founders I see try to play both and they can't. So oh, not me. I, I, me I, I'm a very lazy person. I want to delegate and then, you know, I love it. it. So then you're the visionary. You have the totally. vision for the company and totally. the culture and you do all of that. Now, when you are creating your like who do you need to bring on board you need like i i would say you have two lists what are the and and i keep it small it's three to five things the candidate has to have these things 
like what like the like there's no negotiating off of this like if you're looking for a coo right somebody to come in and do that they have to have done that before at a company at the same similar size and brought them up somewhere you know brought a company from 1 million to 10 million you know because there's a difference between 10 million to 50 million from 1 to 10 like there's there's differences so you need to have that set of criteria and then you have your nice to haves like boy if they also fit this, it would be really, really great. And you create a scorecard. So you have your, your list, you know, of what, of what is, is the most important and you rank it. Now, when you're, when you're doing that, like when you're putting it all in there, you want to be, you want to get as much in there and then you need to edit. <laughs> and the best question that I have is what does this person need to accomplish after they've been there for a year? So look at what the actual tasks are. Then you say, so they've done these things before. That's what you put over on the must-have list. It's the things that relate back to what they have to get done by the end of the, that next year. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, what I think about when you say that is that I, I really expect a, a lot of growth in my company. Uh, and so I could see that person becoming, of course, being promoted and handling uh, greater responsibilities do I should I consider that in that in that consideration or maybe they stay there and then another leader gets hired that handles a group yeah I think so so do, I think you need to hire for what you where you're at yes. you know because I I have seen and and I've seen people hire above um you know they're like well we're gonna grow into that um, and it doesn't, at least, and I, and again, I know I'm not, I'm not an MBA, you know, and I haven't seen it all, but I've seen a lot and that doesn't tend to work because they're not there yet. That person, and they're trying to implement a lot of change. The hardest part that I've seen for most companies is change management, you know? So I would say, get that person say, Hey, this is where I need you to go. If you can grow into this great. And if not, maybe we need to shift your role and that's okay. You know? So um, I would be very honest about that because you'll get more out of them with what you need at the time, not with their ego going, well, you promised me that I would be CEO in a year <laughs> and we would be 10 million, you know? Uh, let, let me ask a question. When, later on, when I am the CEO, is it okay to actually whip people with a bull whip? Is that, is that? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's... <laughs> good. Great stuff. Okay. Let's take another moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll come right back with the delightful Abby Hoffman. This episode of self-help coaching is brought to you by Perficio. How's your financial health? Are you ready for emergencies? What if you actually had in you the wisdom of Benjamin Franklin? There's a reason why his face is on the $100 bill. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O. Where you can make certain that you're on the road to be financially independent no matter what happens. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza, and the very valuable Abby Hoffman. I wanted to make sure I checked myself because when I said delightful, I mean, I was delighted at this conversation, but the information you're giving is not only very valuable, it's very, you know, for a person, or either side, employer, prospective employee, but uh, it's also very interesting and intriguing from my position. I, saw, I know there's a lot of people that have my perspective. They want to grow a company. They want to make a company. Yeah. What, what is, how does it work? So great stuff. Really great stuff, Abby. I'm really having a great time and uh, I love it. delighted at this conversation. Let's shift gears. Okay. Uh, now, everybody knows social media, which is a great blessing and curse. <laughs> uh, and LinkedIn is the serious social media, right? For right. people who are serious, people who want to be professional. They're there for professional reasons. Uh, that's where you go. Uh, how does a person get found on LinkedIn? Uh, that's a great question. And there are going to be a lot of different answers because the algorithms change. People have different different things. Here's what I know from, you know, being a recruiter. We have something called LinkedIn Recruiter. So there's a back end for recruiters usually. And a lot of hiring managers have it too. Like it's it's sort of the new norm. I was working on LinkedIn before 
they had LinkedIn recruiter, right? So like I knew like the back ways to search for people in there and could find people before it was like the place to go. Um, but so, so what you're looking for is to make sure like in your about section that you have a lot of your keywords. You're very, it keeps it very simple, not a ton of paragraphs because you that's it's a searchable field for recruiters. And then under your jobs, putting in the, the, the bullet points and the key points of what you've been responsible for. That way you're hitting all of these, these buzzwords. And so when you show up on the screen for a recruiter, it's this condensed little version with like the top words. So the more you can put in the words in the, you know, in your headline, in your about section and your, your last, your current or last job, you, those are where you're going to get found. So reduce verbiage, but include those keywords. That's the keywords. I'm not a fan um, of having your resume be your LinkedIn. Your LinkedIn is, I want to find you. And I'm doing that with your keywords. Your resume is tell me everything you did, what your big accomplishments were. So, you know, it's like an, it's a, it's a more in-depth version. Whereas your LinkedIn profile is like, like, get me found, right? Here's the, the buzzwords um, for people to search on. That's an important distinction. And when you, Absolutely. When you consider that, that consider that you're probably as a, certainly as a perspective uh, of someone looking for a job that yeah. could make a lot of big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't have to stress out over getting, you, you know, I mean, and you can, I've worked with a lot of people, their resume is the same thing as their LinkedIn. It's not the end of the world. However, you just, if you, I always say, I'm like, that's the gift of being a recruiter. I'm like, you got to look at it from the recruiter's perspective. I just want to get you found on there. Then I'm going to have a quick conversation. Then you can send me the full resume, you know, but if it's too wordy and too much on there, I'm usually going to skip. You have to remember the the attention span problem in America. It's real. Oh <laughs> and, and so you want to get it to, so that it's like easily digestible. Talk about attention span. I'm, you know, I'm 57 and obviously the younger people have, this is a big problem, but hey, it's not limited to them. I have it too. I mean, it's like, we oh, all look, do now. something shiny, you know, yeah. social media, you know, what, you know, it's just yeah. incredible. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, as a recruit, now you're you're a hiring coach, right? You help yeah. people get hired, right? Yep. Um, is that what you do mainly now? That is. I, I decided to take a little break. Um, I wanted to do something on my own. And my passion comes from helping people. Um, and I like to help the hiring managers. And I really, you know, because because for me, I've been doing it for a long, I'm like, I've been doing it way too long. It's just second nature. Got, it seems, I'm like, it's so, it's it's like common knowledge, but it's not when you're not looking for a job. And so I really, I do enjoy helping people like refine their resumes and like give them some strategy of how to go about the job search. It just takes some of the, the, the mystical, like, oh, I'll never get found in the world of the internet, you know, and you can. And uh, now, of course, I mean, and it's almost redundant internet age, but geography is so so less of a factor now, right? And what yeah. now? How much? Obviously, we've, we're just coming out of the pandemic, but I, I think I mean obviously not to downplay the pandemic. Obviously, significant. You know, when people ask me about my business, which is a totally digital business. They're like, oh, you must have loved the pandemic, you know, in this business perspective. Yeah. I said, well, you know, it's good. It's good for digital business. But from my perspective, my business, it's irrelevant. My business plan, the the, the merit of my my product stands on its own. It didn't need any pandemic to usher, yeah. increase the need. But the fact is that we're in a digital age. We can You can work remotely more than ever. The pandemic kind of exacerbated that. People were making or more accommodating that way. How, how does it play out? as a recruiter, as a, as a hiring coach, it's someone yeah. who has a finger on the pulse of hiring and yeah. working. So right after the pandemic for a little while, it was, it was, it's like the wild, wild west. Anybody was fair game, right? Because <laughs> at, you could work from anywhere. And we were telling clients like, this is amazing. You can find, you know, you can find the best talent across the world instead of having them needing to be within a, you know, 20, 30 mile radius of your office. Um, so that was really, really great where I think now you can see it shifting back and it's more about hybrid, 
you know, so, so depending on the, on the firm, it's, you know, two days in the office, three days in the office, and then from home. And I think, um, I think it depends on the company. Smaller companies can tend to do the remote option, but the larger the company, it does, I saw it, it impacts culture and people's ability to connect and do stuff. If it's a, if it's a new team, when you bring new people on, you have to do more work. Whereas when it's, when it's a established team, it's like remote's fine, right? You guys already have the connections, you know, all of that, but when it's new and that's where I saw people like companies were really struggling. And so they went, with the with the hybrid um process and that wow. that seems to be the new norm at least for now wow thanks so much for that input that's you know i mean i have my ideas but you you really know <laughs> yeah i saw it happening and i saw it shifting kind of like for a while everybody would relocate like i, I it was like a like a 10-year period like anybody would relocate and anybody would travel. And then I watched it. And then everybody started going, I, I kind of miss being around family. And so now it's harder, you know, for people to relocate. Like that doesn't happen nearly as often as it did 20 years ago. So from a person uh, looking for a job um, and what, whatever, whether it be irrelevant to the pandemic, uh, if, a, if a candidate has a break on their resume, which yeah. elapse, right? What is the best way to explain that to a hiring manager? Yeah, so um, it's always circumstantial. Hey, can they, can is... they say they were abducted by an alien? <laughs> I probably wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's like, I've heard a lot of things that I haven't heard. Um, but you, you haven't seen my resume, Abby. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you always need to be honest and upfront about your breaks. And I think, and I coach people. That's one of the biggest things. I'm like, let's talk this through until you say it so often that it just flows. Because we sense when you are hesitant or you're feeling insecure mm. about why you were let go or you were, you know, cause sometimes, um, so my, my question I'll ask, oh, you were in a layoff. How many people were laid off? Because if there's only one person laid off and that was you, I know that they just didn't want to tell you that you were getting fired. Right. Like, so, or, you know, but it's like, oh, it was, it was 160 people out of a team of a thousand. Okay. You probably were, you know, last in or whatever the case may be. And the truth is I've heard some doozies. There are some really toxic work situations out there. People have been through it. And so you need to learn when you go into the interview to just stick to the facts. Don't get into the emotions of it and be like, I was, uh, you know, I was in a really toxic situation. I really tried to stick it out for the year, but I found that I just couldn't. I was not a good fit for this person. And so we agreed to part ways, like just being very direct and honest about that. I'm what, gonna put... what, what if they, they had done something unethical or illegal? What about that? Because that happens. So should people... It do? does. Um, and, you, you know, you're not going to get hired if you're, you know, like I had a candidate, um, we said, we're going to do a background check, no problem. And then they, they started in the accounting department. And two days later, after they were already in there, uh, we got it back. They were, they were in, in process of going to court for embezzlement. Um, we, like, what? <laughs> so, they didn't even, they didn't wait. They didn't, I mean, so, so my, my thing is like, you are, I, you need to be honest. I think if you go in and you lie, you're taking a chance. If you get caught, then you just have to say, of course, I didn't want to tell you, you know, that this was the case, but you also need to talk about how you have fixed it, how you've remedied it, remedied it, or what you've learned from it. Like if somebody comes from that approach, I'm like, okay, you, everybody makes mistakes but did you own it? So if you're owning your mistake, owning your thing, saying, I got caught up in the wrong crowd or whatever your situation right. was, you know, this happened, but now here's the steps I took to fix it. One, I cut ties. Two, I did this. I'm like, okay, let's talk more. I'll at least give you a shot. So to distill or paraphrase, be honest and be a self-improver. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Do the work because yeah. everybody makes mistakes. There's not one person in the corporate world who hasn't made a mistake somewhere, you know? So, so a lot of hiring managers will forgive it if you own it. Great stuff. You know, um, now you've been at this 25 years, right? 
Yeah. Give me a give me a, a your craziest story. Oh gosh, I have so many. <laughs> give me give me the craziest one, Abby. Okay, here's one. I had a guy come in. So in my corporate world, um, it was a situation where the hiring managers really trusted me. But I would so I would do me and my psychology major. I would do a full like more culture fit, more just who are you and, and who, what are you like to, to fit in with this hiring manager? Like, I, I, I think that's really important. And so I was getting deep and I like to get personal with the, with the candidates and asking them deep questions. And this guy ended up telling me, and I have another funny one that just, I just remembered, um, he, ended up telling me that he was having drug issues, that he was doing a lot of cocaine and all of this stuff. And I just was like, but, but he he got comfortable, you know, and so he wanted to share that and I'll never forget it. And then I had another woman, this is even crazier. She, she was, I, I, I did, it was, it was for, I did a phone screen with her. She went, um, I was having a weird sense. She was interviewing in Florida with some hiring managers in Florida and she did the interview. Then I interviewed her and I was like, oh no, she is crazy. I was like, there's no way. And they loved her. They were like, Abby, she's in. And I said, I said, I have one guest. She's probably really beautiful. And they were like, well, yeah. And I was like, I'm telling you, she's crazy. I was like, don't hire her. Do you know what she went and did? What? She went and put all three of us put all of our emails, we got, we were inundated with like porn sites, <laughs> like all of these things. We were like, somehow we connected like a day or two later. And oh I was like, God. something happened. And we we're like, oh, you too, you too. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> wow. She was so mad she wow. didn't get the job. Yeah. I have like 10 more, I could tell you. It, people have done some crazy <laughs> that things. That was great. That was great. Okay, let's take our final uh, break to hear from our sponsor. And unfortunately, it'll be the last segment with Abby because this is really such a great conversation. So uh, we'll be right back with Abby. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. What if you could get the results of being coached without a human coach? What if a computer could coach you? Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O. Io, where you can get coached without scrutiny, judgment, or pressure. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having a fantastic conversation with Abby Martin. We're talking about hiring. She just told us one of the craziest stories about, um, well, if you didn't listen to it, then rewind it. Uh, great <laughs> stuff. Now, um, great, you know, Obviously, we're talking about people getting hired, and you know, then people might think that you know, there's it might be arduous or complex. What are some mindset hacks or tricks to seem more confident in an interview? Because that that is, a, if not the most important, I won't say the most important thing. But if you got the credentials, but you're unconfident, yeah, you know, you ain't gonna get it. It's true. I've seen a lot of really great people who did really well with me in the screen, I'm like, they're a slam dunk. And they just whiffed in the interview because they got nervous because they were meeting with an executive. And the one thing that I've learned over the years is that executives put their pants on the same as everybody else. And they get really scared of them, but they shouldn't, right? So you need to, the, the best way and the best coaching that I do is you got to practice and practice and practice your answers. Knowing, you know, why do you want this job? You have to know, why do you think you're a good fit? Like, can you roll that through? Knowing your, you know, some stuff you can't fudge, right? Like if a, can't, if a hiring manager is doing a good interview and they're asking you behavioral interview questions that go three layers deep, you can't maintain a lie on that. You know, like you either know it or you don't type of situation. So knowing what, like, and then being able to say, you know, I really don't, I don't know that part, but I'd be willing to learn or being honest about that, but just practicing, you know, when you go in, keeping it refined and succinct. And, and I tell people, I'm like, if you get really nervous before you go in, you can like tap right here, you know, like just cause that calms your nervous system down. She, she's, <laughs> she's, she, most people are listening. She's pointing to oh, her yeah. chest or, or above her sternum. Yeah. 
And so you just like tap that. I go, I will hold and pinch a nail into my thumb to just remind myself to breathe. And before you start answering a question, take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. there's no reason because people start to just and it becomes like a train wreck right like sure. they just start talking so fast that they forget to breathe right. um and you know so so just getting yourself in a position of if this is mine it'll be here for me and if it's not so if you can go in and you're like i really want this but if i don't i know that something better is coming you can be in a better position of just not seeming desperate you know like and because we want Hiring managers are looking for, does this person make me feel safe? Does this, can this person do the job? How do I feel when I'm around this person? So, you know, showing that confidence is going to get you further in that interview, more so than your skill set, believe it or not. And, and I'm here to say, you know, as a practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, which is a form of psychology that focuses on how people think, not why or what, but how. Uh, yeah. And it has a lot to do with the body. You know, our neurology is from head to toe. And these things you talked about, about the physical person, people may think that's trivial or unimportant. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no. Breathing, uh, sensations in the body, whatever. Very important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and this is a little more maybe woo-woo as I, I like to call it. But the other thing I do is I just like turn it over, right? Like I'm like, uh, no, like, it's not woo-woo at all. Like angels help me, like just help me, guide me, let me come through. And as soon as I do that, I'm always feel better when I'm walking into a situation before I get on a podcast. It's like a little prayer. It's like, you know, like get let me let me get my crazy self out of the way. No, no, that's not at all. And let me give my take on that, you know. Uh, and I'm I'm a recovered drug addict. Uh, been I think 22 years this month, whatever. Nice, uh, congratulations. And I and I was in the AANA, but now I was I was a life coach and NLP, blah blah. Okay, when we we know that we have weaknesses and strengths, and we have insecurities or deficiencies, uh, and that when we make decisions or when we think, that's who's making them. But if we have this idea, just this idea of this thing or entity element that doesn't have those, if you just imagine it, who says yeah. that to be true, <laughs> that it doesn't have that and you can have a relationship with that thing where you yeah. can have faith and trust in that thing that can help you without the weaknesses, Yeah. then why wouldn't you make that person your co-pilot? Oh, yeah. that thing, your co-pilot. Yeah, however that works. And <laughs> right. I'd like to add one more thing because sure. I, I get frustrated with candidates and they like, they can't have a weakness. My weaknesses is that I work too hard. And I'm like, BS. I'm like, all of us have failed. All of us have not shown up in our best and highest self at some point in time. Own oh, it. Yeah. And when you do that, it comes across so much more authentically, yeah. you know, like, so, so people, yeah, like they, it's like, get rid of the perfection energy yeah like yeah. come in and be authentic with who you are what you can really do and they're going to be like okay i can work with that because somebody will say i'll train you i'll do all of that because you've got the work ethic absolutely you know you, you, i mean you you want to be professional you want to present but you don't want to pretend you're perfect yeah um and you know i'm uh, my resume and first thing it says in, in big font lazy and then when i go to the res- go to the interview i'm like listen i'm so lazy you're lucky i even showed up now am i hired <laughs> no we don't want to be stupid but you want you want to be real you want to yeah, be real exactly great stuff yeah. abby this has been a wonderful conversation i think very very valuable to not just a prospective uh per an employee or person who wants to get hired but on the other side too and and uh for people that want to know more about recruiting and hiring let me say you know as I said before, you know, I'm planning my my future company as it steps out. And the HR department, you know, I told how, how much how culture most interests me and I have a proclivity for it and organizations. Um, and so my folk, I, I, my HR department that I planned is the, by far the biggest department because, you know, <laughs> if I think the, my, my mentality is if I've taken care of my people yeah. on multiple levels, on every professional level. Then they are going to take care of me as the as the you know the boss, and they are going to kick out. I'm, the, my 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 uh, sentiment is: I want to make a company that people will kill to work for. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I want. Yeah, uh, and um, 
the, and I just I don't mind saying I said that all, all that preface just to say this first thing. So in that in this hiring department that I've written, uh, that I've created, the very first manager I wrote down was hiring manager because that is that is really it's that's the genesis. We've got yeah. to hire people and we got to hire the right people. And I, I have a process. The hiring manager is the first person. Then there's a sequence of interviews, uh, and you know, but. That is the critical thing for a company. You got to hire what you think are the right people. There has to be a process, of, you know, and you know you're not getting in. Uh, you are the gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And if you if you get that person right, and you get aligned, and and you let them push you, Tony, you'll go. It'll be much better because a lot of hiring managers just want everybody that like it's unconscious they they just want to hire other tonys you know like oh like i see yes. myself in that person and so this other person can help you be more diversified in in who you're hiring cuz you know you don't want all tonys you need you know you need a wide variety abby there can only be one exactly <laughs> but i see it all happen so much and i and i it's right. like the hiring manager becomes their own worst enemy because they they you know they're looking for that 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 piece of themselves instead of saying right. oh this person can bring value in a different way absolutely you know that i'm a great i receive great benefit from that i have a partner and we are yin and yang yeah we are so different and it's such a blessing you know, I'm like, I'm like, oh, we're gonna do all this thing. We're gonna, you know, he's like, no, no, no. But the good thing though is I'm the senior partner, so I get the ultimate decision. Uh, <laughs> I love it. But he, but he does ground me because you know he's like, no, you can't do that. But then I, I get him to go, yes, but he get in a grounded yeah. way. But you know, you, you, you want different strengths or weaknesses, <clears> or <throat> different strengths, I should say, even yeah. more precisely. Yeah. But great stuff. I really appreciate this and interview and meeting you. Do you have any final remarks for the audience? Um, I wanted to offer um, something, a checklist for candidates. I actually, Please. on my on my website, it's strategictalentadvisor.com. Um, if you go under the member section, I have um, some, when we, you do a podcast, um, I'm giving away the checklist for free. So candidates can have that to go in there. You just put Fantastic. in the podcast in your email and you'll get a link to, to download that. It's like to me, it's common sense, but everybody else who's gotten it, they're like, oh my God, like it's, you know, like each step of the hiring process, it gives you kind of some things to think through. So it's pretty valuable. Great stuff. And of course you're on social media, uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm mostly doing LinkedIn um, for, for strategic talent advisor. Um, so I have a company page and then Abby Martin, which, you know, I put more of my content on because LinkedIn likes to do it more on the people than it does the company side. That's um, Abby with an I-E, A-B-B-I-E, Martin. Yeah. Abby so the, web, the website is strategictalentadvisor.com or you can find Abby on LinkedIn. Great stuff. Abby, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, and um, it's got me, it gave me some things to think about and, and I love to it. consider. So great stuff. <laughs> so I really appreciate you. And I, and if, if you are in looking for a job or considering uh, your, um, your career, I, I encourage and recommend you that you go to strategictalentadvisor.com. Check out what Abby has to offer. She's a hiring, uh, hiring coach. Uh, and she has yeah, I help people clean up their LinkedIn profiles, get good resumes from the perspective of how to get the recruiter's attention. So that's the one that counts. Yeah, uh, that's the one that you want. Great stuff. So uh, go there, go to her website, check her, check her out on LinkedIn. And I want to remember, uh, remind everyone that we're all responsible for ourselves and we could all use a little help with that. Thanks for listening to the self-help coaching podcast. Thank you, Abby Martin. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.